Welcome to Life Beat. Today we're going to talk about the election. I know you don't want to maybe talk or hear about the election, but it's coming up, so we need to be prepared as pro-lifers. Uh, today joining me, Sutton Natalie, will be Casey Creener. He is our RLM PAC director. Uh, Casey, you have been with us for just over a year, but you kind of joined us right in the middle of the a very desperate 2016 election, so you've already had your baptism by fire. Yeah, so... Good afternoon, everyone. I, I came in really sort of at the intensity of the 2016 presidential election. It was a really good way to just sort of get acclimated to things suddenly, hit the, uh, hit the ground running. <laughs> and uh, I'm excited to be here. I love being at RLM, and I'm excited for the 2018 cycle and all the opportunities and possibilities that lie ahead of us. That's the kind of attitude we need to have, isn't it, Casey? Can't say, oh, it's another election. I say, yes, it's another election chance to make a big difference in who's responsible for voting for our legislation. Well, I thought we'd start out just by giving a brief overview of uh, the Right to Life of Michigan Political Action Committee and the process. And, um, you know, specifically, the RLM PAC is very different from a lot of other groups that make endorsements out there, isn't it? Yes. So the Right to Life of Michigan PAC has a two-fold endorsement process involving both a questionnaire and a one-on-one -on -one interview with a local interview team and the candidate. And RLM PAC endorses all viable candidates, uh, regardless of political party affiliation. We endorse Republicans and we endorse Democrats. But we make sure that they're 100% pro-life and that they are a viable candidate. And we also make sure to do that interview to flesh out and cover any issues and anything that may have been missed at the questionnaire. And, uh, you know, a lot of groups out there, they, uh, they'll they just send a questionnaire out and that's all they'll do. And a lot of them, they won't do um, an interview with local volunteers in that community. And they won't, you know, go down to level, say, county commissioner. Yeah, so we interview all range of candidates, all the way up from uh, having endorsed in the last presidential cycle down to local township trustees and even lower than that in some instances. It matters that we get pro-life people elected into office because regardless of position, they have some sort of influence and impact uh, being even in just them having a larger voice. But it also sort of offers us the opportunity to look at electing pro-life candidates from the ground up. Somebody that may one day be a local township trustee could, a few election cycles down the road, be a state senate candidate. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so the local interview teams make those recommendations to the, to the state PAC board, uh, which is the actual RLM PAC itself, and they make the actual endorsement recommendations. And um, really, when you look at the track record over the years, it's an extremely high win rate for those endorsements. Yes, the, uh, the RLM PAC has been very successful with its endorsements. In 2016, our success rate was around 88.5%. For all the candidates we endorsed, 88.5% of them won. And the RLM PAC board that makes those endorsements reviews all the recommendations that come from the local interviews and the questionnaires. Yeah, so a lot of experience there, a lot of track record of success, and hopefully we'll have that moving forward because 2018 is a big election year. Uh, 
We have, uh, it's one of those big years because you got the state senate running, uh, all of the governor, all the executive positions. So I thought we'd just run through each race and kind of get a picture of where it's at and, uh, you know, why it's important to us. So start out on the federal level. Uh, we have a big U.S. Senate race coming up. Debbie Stabenow is a current U.S. Senator, and uh, she's up for re-election in 2018. Yes, so Debbie Stabenow is up for re-election. She was first elected to the U.S. Senate in 2000, but it also spent a couple terms in the U.S. House and has been in the state Senate and the state House since the 1970s to about the early 1990s. So she has been a fixture in Michigan politics for quite a long time. Uh, unfortunately, she is also a very pro-abortion mm -hmm. senator. Uh, she voted against our Medicaid uh, ban on uh, abortions. She's consistently been against us. She voted against the confirmation of Justice Neil Gorsuch. And that's the big one right there. She's just not been with us there on any issues. We have two candidates on the other side who are running against her. There's a, a Gross Point businessman named Sandy Pensler and also a, another businessman, John James, uh, from the Detroit area. We're beginning the process of looking at these candidates and going to be hopefully finding out a lot more about them, and we'll see where everything goes from there. All right, and then, uh, of course, every two years we have our entire U.S. congressional delegation up for election. And so uh, I've heard that the race in the 11th district has been described uh, several different ways, but maybe you want to start with that one and detail a couple of the others. Try not to make Casey laugh too hard here. Yes, so we have 14 uh, congressional districts here in Michigan. Uh, every two years, each of those members of Congress and each of those seats is open. We currently have nine indoor, Right to Life of Michigan PAC currently has nine endorsed members of Congress out of those 14 congressional districts. However, the 11th congressional district where RLM PAC has endorsed Dave Trott in the last two elections, he has opted for retirement. And there are currently six Republicans running and five Democrats running. And a lot of money is flowing into that district. And it's going to be a very interesting election. We know it's going to be one that is targeted by both sides. It is a district where in 2016 Donald Trump won but it's also the only district in Michigan where President Trump won the district, but with less than 50% of the vote. So at this point, we're keeping our ear to the ground. We're going to be rolling ahead with our questionnaire and interview process as we get closer. But at the moment, we're not really certain what's going to happen there. That's a big battle royale on both sides of the aisle. Uh, so that's kind of the federal elections. Um, of course, the Senate's going to be so huge for that uh, Supreme Court nominations moving forward. Um, but uh, here on the state level, uh, just to make a scenario real, real quick, uh, so if we get one more Supreme Court justice who is not rapidly pro-abortion uh, to replace one that is, the odds are that we could see a overturn of uh, Roe versus Wade in the next few years. And so, uh, so it's important for the U.S. Senate but then once that happens, then the issue is back in our court in the state. And that's why it's so important in Michigan to have pro-life elected officials at all levels, but particularly um, these two positions at the top of the ticket. So let's start off with, uh, that'd be governor and attorney general. So let's start off with the governor's race, the big one. Yes. So the governor's race this year has, it's, it's, 
both. It's a termed out position. On the Republican side, we have Attorney General Bill Schuette, Lieutenant Governor Brian Kelly, Senator pa State Senator Patrick Kolbeck, and Dr. Jim Hines. On the Democratic side, we have former Senate Minority Leader Gretchen Whitmer. We have former Detroit Health Department Director Abdul Sayad, And we also have Ann Arbor businessman Shri Thadnar. Now, we're not really sure who's going to come out on either side of this. It's shaping up to be a very contentious primary. We do know that uh, Gretchen Whitmer over mm. on one side is, <laughs> is, is a very pro-abortion candidate. She's, she's not really been with us. Uh, Shri Thadnar and Abdul Asiad, we have no voting record on them, but we have inklings on where their positions are. And with Brian Kelly, with Attorney General Bill Schuette, with State Senator Patrick Kolbeck, we're obviously we've endorsed them previously, but we're waiting to go ahead and we'll do the full process of questionnaires and interviews with all the candidates and see where everything shakes out. Yeah, I thought that's bring up one more important point. You know, even if a candidate is endorsed uh, at one office, when they move to another office, the RLM PAC will go through the process. You know, we do, uh, there's no... Uh, there's no rubber stamp. Yeah, we, it's we, not a rubber stamp. This is extremely thorough process. This, I, don't, I don't want to brag too much, but it's generally second to none in the, in the state. Yes. RLM PAC does do interviews and questionnaires whenever a candidate is running for an open seat like that. Regardless of the fact that any of those candidates have been endorsed in previous elections, we always go ahead with doing the questionnaires and the interviews again. We we hold our candidates and our elected office holders accountable. Absolutely. And then um, a governor is obviously important because they control uh, what kind of legislation can get passed in the state and all of the uh, all the bureaucrats in the state level. But uh, the next race is maybe arguably more important than governor in a situation where we're facing an overturn of Roe versus Wade, and that uh, Michigan Attorney General is responsible for. Uh, defending our laws, and uh, it's Michigan law right now that abortion is illegal. It's only being held back by uh, Roe versus Wade. And they also, uh, as I understand, it's kind of unique to Michigan that they have a supervisory role over prosecutors. And so that's really important too. And so uh, who's running in the attorney general slot that we know of so far? Well, with the attorney general's race, we have four candidates. We have two on the Republican side, two on the Democrat side. The two on the Republican side are current House, State House Speaker Tom Leonard and State Senator Tanya Schudemaker. On the Democrat side, we have Dana Nessel and a former U.S. District Attorney for the West District of Michigan under President Obama, Patrick Miles. Um, at this point, we're not really sure who's going to come out ahead on either one. The Attorney General race, the nominees are actually not selected in a statewide primary that's voted on by all individuals, they are selected at party conventions that will occur near the end of August. So we won't actually know who the two major party nominees are for Attorney General until about the beginning of September. Yeah, and uh, there's a couple other elections. We won't get into too detail because uh, we don't really have so many yet, but uh, all the state university boards, a uh, couple positions that are decided at those party conventions that uh, we really don't have a say on. Um, and, you know, the, what the Island Pack does is after those nominations are made, then the process kind of has to go forward and overdrive in record time in order to <laughs> make sure everything gets out there to the voters. Um, and so the other, uh, the other 
uh, state office that is done in a convention is Secretary of State. And you might think, well, what does the Secretary of State have to do with pro-life stuff? And generally not a lot, but um, you look at our past secretaries uh, of state, uh, Candace Miller went on to be a United States Congresswoman. Uh, Terry Lynn Land ran for U.S. Senate, and so this is uh, an important slot that you definitely want a pro-lifer in because they may be uh, up for something down the line. So what do we have in that race? Well, we've got four candidates in the Secretary of State race, three on the Republican side and one on the Democrat side. The Democratic candidate is the same nominee uh, that the Democrats had in 2010, Jocelyn Benson, and... Unfortunately, she is a pro-abortion candidate. She was endorsed by Planned Parenthood Advocates of Michigan in her 2010 run. It looks like she's not really facing any opposition. It looks like she is going to be the Democratic nominee for Secretary of State here in Michigan. On the Republican side, we have uh, Mary Treader Lane, who was a candidate for the State House in 2008 but did not win during that election. We have Stan Grott, who is the current Shelby Township clerk over in Macomb County, and MSU professor Joseph Guzman. And we're not really sure who's going to emerge from the primary. Uh, none of these candidates have a voting record that we can really reference as a matter of seeing perhaps where they fall on the issue. So we're going to have to go ahead and proceed with the questionnaire process and the interview process and see where they end up shaking out at on the pro-life issues. All right, uh, and then so that brings us right into the state legislature. Um, so all of them are up for election this year. That should be entertaining. <laughs> so uh, let's start with the uh, state senate. Uh, what's our? Do you know what our majority in the states, the pro-life majority, is in the state senate right now? So the current pro-life majority in the state senate, out of the 38 members, 27 of them have been endorsed by RLM PAC in the last election. So we. RLM PAC has a sizable majority in the state Senate right now. However, a little bit of a situation we are in is that the state Senate has term limits. You can serve two four-year terms. A lot of these pro-life candidates that initially ran and won in 2010 and then ran and won again in 2014 in those initial wave elections are termed out. So a sizable number of the pro-life candidates in the state Senate are not going to be able to run for re-election, leaving us with a lot of open seats. So that'll uh, be very important for voters to get engaged on. And then uh, we have the state house, which is always up from two years and um, always has that same issue with term limits. That's really changed the face of Michigan politics. Yes, so the Michigan house has 110 members. We currently have 62 RLM PAC endorsed candidates that are in the State House. Now, 40 members of the State House are not going to be running for re-election. About half of those are due to term limits. You can serve three two-year terms in the State House. However, there's also about half of them that are opting to not run for re-election, but instead run for open State Senate seats because of how many open State Senate seats there are without current incumbents. So. In a way, the state Senate, uh, having its term limits and having so many open seats, is also causing a lot of open seats over in the state house as well. And uh, so with those open races, there's always a little bit more legwork for the Ireland PAC to do in terms of identifying candidates and, uh, 
and whatnot, but you can rest assured that in those cases, you know, those candidates aren't just like a lot of places just sending in something in a mail and giving an endorsement. They are, again, they're getting uh, interviewed by local people in their area, and then um, those recommendations and information is sent on to the state Ireland PAC board to make those decisions that they've been so good in making when you look at the overall track record. Well, uh, I think that's about it for the election. Um, any any predictions on how things are going to go overall? Kind of a kind of a big picture, early predictions. I think after twenty sixteen, every prediction <laughs> has to be kind of like an early prediction. Uh, well, you know, all I'm willing to say at this point is that it's going to be a tough election. But you know what? It's always going to be a tough election, and it's going to come down to whether RLM Pack and whether the pro life people really come out at vote. And, you know, at the end of the day, elections have consequences, and every single vote does matter. And I'll give you one example just off the top of my head. Uh, in 2017, Virginia State House was fully up for re-election, and they have 100 members. Well, their current breakdown is that they now have 51 Republicans to 49 Democrats. There was an election over there that came down to an exact tie. The ultimate determination of the results was a coin toss. A literal coin toss. A, a literal coin toss. <laughs> and what's amazing about this is that it's, it's odd enough, it's unusual enough to have a tie election, but to have a tie election that would also have determined party control over an entire state legislative body, you know, that's, that's earth-shattering. That's something that it is such an anomaly in American political history. And there were multiple races over in Virginia that were decided by about 100 votes or less, in addition to that one that came down to a single tiebreaker. Yeah, there got to be hundreds of voters there who are uh, upset with themselves because they didn't show up to the poll and they would have literally cast the deciding vote for in control of the entire state legislature. Uh, so, uh, and we've had one of those similar ones up in the first con congressional district up in the UP. Um, we had another one where it, it wasn't, well, it wasn't a literal tie, but it was, it was, was it one vote? I don't believe it was one vote. I, I know off the top of my head that we've had some very close races here in Michigan over the last few years. The, we have a, current pro-life endorsed incumbent in the state house that won election a few years ago uh, by double-digit votes. So it, it can happen here. It can happen. It can be just a few votes that decide it. Donald Trump, you know, pro-life president, RLM PAC endorsed, won Michigan uh, with 10,000 votes with nearly 2 million cast. So the, it does happen on the margins. It makes a huge difference. And so uh, stay tuned as we get further into the election season. The, the Ireland PAC will go through its process, and those endorsements will come out. And, of course, as always, we'll make them known through the Rights to Life Michigan News, um, through uh, ballot cards in the mail, and especially online with our personalized pro-life ballot feature where you can, wherever you are um, in the state, all you have to do is plug in some basic information, your name, your address, and all of the candidates that will appear on your ballot, all the endorsed candidates will show up right there. You can print that off and take it right into the polling booth. Can't show it around the polling booth, but you can, you you can go take ahead, it with you. take it in your pocket, and pull it out, and then you have that handy list. Because in so many cases, Casey, you know, um, sometimes we do 
uh, for the election season, we'll do door to door, or not door to door, but face to face at the polls, where we're handing out uh, ballot cards with RLM pack endorsements on them. And people are so thankful because they may, you know, they may have already looked into the, the governor's race, but they don't know how to vote on the judges or the local officials. They have no idea. And so that's a, the races are won and lost simply because the Ireland PAC does the groundwork to go down to that local level and make sure that people in their communities are actually aware of who those endorsed candidates are. Yep. We, uh, RLM PAC definitely puts the effort into making sure that you guys have the information available to you to find out who the RLM PAC endorsed candidates are. So go to our website. We'll be out there at the polls, a hundred feet away from the uh, the door, handing out the information. <laughs> Always following the laws, even sometimes when the police aren't aware of what their own laws are. Have you ever had a? I remember one time I was doing face to face at the polls, and the police asked me to leave, even though they were in the wrong. But it wasn't their fault. The local uh, the local clerk gave them bad information, but I I fixed that situation, and I was back out there handing out the ballots, making sure those local judges got. You know, <laughs> people know who those local judges were. Good to hear. In all the other races. All right, well, uh, that's all we have for this edition of LifeBeat. Uh, again, our website is rtl.org. You can always get all the information you need from there. That's, so that's all we have. And uh, so join us again in two weeks, and uh, we'll see who the guest is. We've had not a lot of news, and I'm sure something big is going to happen. It's just bound to or do. So join us then. Have a wonderful weekend.